Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. And welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast, Episode 15, Whittlehood 101. And this episode is starting our mini-series on what Whittlehood means, because nobody is ever prepared for it. We agree. These are things that can't be taught. Nobody teaches you about them. There are no classes for this ahead of time. Right. And so Fran and I thought we will hit on as many aspects of widowhood as we can. But before we start our series, Fran, you know what time it is. It's time for weekend shenanigans, notable events. That's right. And Fran, I'm sure that you have some weekend shenanigans, notable events to talk about. Would you like to share them? Yeah, not so much shenanigans, but once again, I'm recording in a foreign spot. I'm recording in Arizona. Probably going to be the la- my my last time here for, for a while. It's been very warm here this week in the 90s. We actually got to spend some time with friends from our hometown area in Southwest Michigan. They were also here on vacation. We had some nice dinners, good conversations. We just had a lot of fun with them. It was just, it's, it's always so strange being so far away from home and yet with people, you know, from, from your hometown area. We had two great hikes. I have never encountered uh, a Gila monster in person. And on our first hike, we were fortunate enough. We actually ran into two. And that was very, very cool. We've been watching the Masters. For me, that's always been an annual tradition. My husband was a golf addict. So it was uh, it was a given. Every spring, we would watch the Masters. And I was very fortunate to have attended uh, the, the, turn, the actual tournament twice. I'm only staying here a few days this time. We are getting ready to head back uh, across country and hope to be back in Southwest Michigan by uh, the end of this coming week. Now, Cher, I know that you have some news to share as far as your notable events. So I'm going to turn the rest of this over to you. Okay. Well, first of all, the first notable event is that I am back in Michigan. I drove down to Florida with my three poodles. A friend asked if she could ride back with me. And I said, of course, yes. And the ride was nice. And I have to tell you, going through Tennessee and Kentucky and northern Georgia, the redbud trees were already out and franned. It was spectacular. Just beautiful. Redbuds are beautiful. Yes. So the trip back was easy. And I have to say that for my first week back in Michigan, the weather has been spectacular. It's been in the high 70s, low 80s for most of the week. It's a little cooler today, but that's okay. And it did rain a little bit, which we need. So everything is good. That weather for you is is great this time of year. Yes. Being in Northern Michigan, having high 70s, low 80s in April, it's a little unbelievable. I think everyone in Northern Michigan is very happy about that. Oh, all that. <laughs> the next notable event is a sad one. Yesterday, I had to put one of my poodles down because she was bleeding internally in her abdomen area. Her name was Annie, and I had had Annie for 11 years. She was a little over 11 years old, and she was a wonderful wonderful pet, fur puppy. And you know, Fran, it's as hard losing a pet as it is a family member. And that's because they are family members. Yeah. And again, anytime we get a pet, 
we know that the day may come that we have to say goodbye. But, you know, as I told you, you, the two of you were so lucky to have each other in your lives for that many years because she was, she was just a sweetheart. Yes. And you know, what's also sad is I, well, I had three poodles. I now have two and I can feel that they also know that there is a loss in our family and in our home right now. Royal, who is my male poodle, he looks so sad. He just looks at me like, okay, where did sister go? Yeah. And Coco the same way. We are all feeling the loss of Annie right now. Well, again, they're they're probably wondering, when is she coming back? Right. You know, they they know that we are missing someone in our family. Yes. And they don't know why. Why isn't she here? Right. And where did we, she go? Right. You know, and I, where did she go? Been, that's always been my question. I don't know where you went. Right. So a sad event. And yet all of us are happy to be back in Michigan and to be in our home. I am very glad that Annie was here in Michigan yeah. and not in Florida when all of this happened. And she wanted to wait. She wanted to be home. Yes, like most people want to be in their home. Right. Well, I, I think we all appreciate the fact that you could even share this with us. You did really good. Thank you. Well, Fran, we have a special guest for our first part of our series, Widowhood 101. His name is Jay Julian. And tell us, uh, you're more familiar with Jay than I am, so just tell us a little bit about him. Well, Jay is a success coach at the Jay Julian Coaching. He is the owner of Life Story Audio. He is a life success coach at the Life Builders Club. He is a former youth pastor at Ames United Methodist Church. He's a former pastor at Lifehouse Assembly of God, and he studied theology at Christ for the Nation. And he is a local person. He lives in Petoskey. So we are very fortunate to have Jay on our program today. But before Jay comes on. We want to talk a little bit about widowhood, and Fran has an essay that she would like to read, which really sets the tone for this series. I'm not even sure who sent me this essay. It was certainly not written by me, but it makes the reality after the death of a spouse or a partner, it puts the reality of the situation into words. And so I'm going to read it uh, real quick. It starts out, the death of a spouse or partner is different than other losses in the sense that it literally changes every single thing in your world going forward. When your spouse dies, the way you eat changes, the way you watch TV changes, your friend's circle changes or disappears entirely, your family dynamic life changes or again disappears entirely, your financial status changes, your job situation changes. It affects your self-worth, your self-esteem, your confidence, your rhythms, the way you breathe, your mentality, your brain function. Ever heard the term widow brain? If you don't know what that is, then count yourself as very lucky. It changes your physical body, your hobbies and interests, your sense of security, your sense of humor, your sense of womanhood or manhood. Every 
single thing changes. You're handed a new life that you never asked for and you don't particularly want. It's the hardest, most gut-wrenching, horrific, life-altering of things to live with. Thank you, Fran. Fran, let's welcome our special guest today, Jay Julian, who is a success coach at Jay Julian's Success Coaching. He's also the owner of Life Story Audio and a life success coach at Life Builder Club. Jay, welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast. Hey, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Jay. You're welcome. Hi, Jay. Hi, how are you? Jay is a life coach, and Jay, many people might not be familiar with exactly what a life coach is and what a life coach can do for you. So first of all, could you talk about credentials that a person should look for if they are interested in getting a life coach? Yeah, sounds good. So actually, life coaching is a newer industry. It's actually a kind of a budding industry. It's, it's, it's rising right now. And um, with it, it's, it's unusual. It does not have to be credentialed. There's really no certifications necessary to become a life coach at this point. Uh, no legalities one has to go through. So to find a good life coach, you're really going to want to do uh, some research. Um, go to a website for the life coach. Talk to the life coach. I know for myself, I have experience. So you look at uh, the biography on the website. Uh, ask questions and kind of see how you feel talking to the life coach. There's different types of life coaches. Some will handle finances, some will handle health and fitness, some will handle relationships. Some are more general practitioners, if you will, like I am, uh, who can help you with almost anything just by having great communication. But credentials, some may be counselors who happen to do life coaching, but it really is a different thing than counseling. So you have to do some word of mouth, some research. I would say be careful. I think there's a lot of life coaches out there that don't have the experience and portray themselves as they do. So you want to be careful. And, and if you know people who've gone through it, you know, to take a word of mouth reference. Thank you. Can I add to that a little bit too? Oh, absolutely. Sure. So if someone was interested in working with me as a life coach, generally what they would do is, is go to my website or call and book a discovery session. Basically, a lot of coaches will do this for free. I, I'll do the same thing. It'd be maybe a 15-minute phone call or a little less. And you get to know the person and questions and see what's going on and how you can help and, and what the challenges might be and those kind of things. In that discovery session, you, you really get a feel for the person you're talking to and the, co the coach that you're working with. You want to key in to see if the person's listening, if they're asking good questions that are helping you to think and help you to you know, really be clear about what it is you're looking to do in your life or where you want to go or what you're stuck in. And a lot of times in the first call, a good coach will be able to help you see things maybe you didn't see because they're listening and they're asking great questions. So with a coach, it's really a relationship. And that free first consultation would say a lot. You really get to know if you feel comfortable with the person, if this person seems like they've got the background to help and some ideas to help and that kind of thing. So I recommend the consultation calls if you get a good reference from somebody who has used the coach before. Well, thank you. Also, you have a background in ministry. And I think that that would be a very special attribute to have, especially since 
our podcast is about widowhood and widowerhood, you can help not only rebranding someone and talking about moving forward, but also about that grieving part of being a widow or a widower. Could you speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. So the joy of having 24 years of pastoral ministry background and church leadership is that I can now translate that to people one-on-one. Most of my clients are faith-based. They don't have to be. Uh, I can help anyone and, you know, within reason, of course, but it is good to know that if somebody wants to talk about things, confusion, uh, sadness, sorrow, pain, anger, or whatever, I can help. And a lot of times we'll, we'll have scripture come to mind and we can do that. So there's a lot of encouragement, exhortation, just helping people process. There's definitely something I wanted to bring forth, like a counselor is really skilled in, in maybe helping with those things. I was thinking of kind of the five stages of grief that people can go through. And a counselor actually can really help. There's, there's a differentiation between the counselor and the coach. And so this is something that your listeners would want to try to discern where they're at before they reach out to a coach. Because I, I think a lot of times it's helpful if persons go through counseling first so they can have that real expertise to help with that sadness, the grief, the sorrow, the pain. Now, I can do that as well because I've been doing it for a long time. Not all coaches are faith-based, I guess you would say, but the counselor helps you through the past, whereas the coach is actually going to help you to figure out the future. There's definitely a difference. Sometimes I think I was thinking of earlier today that counselors and coaches swim in the same pond, but they hang out on different lily pads. So if you're considering any of these things, if you've gone through some of those stages of grief, then a coach can really help you. And I was thinking of some statements like a counselor can help stabilize you. When you go through a shocking experience like the loss of a loved one, when you go through the confusion of, you know, what do I do next and what's life going to be like, a counselor can definitely help you with that. And then once you've kind of gone through that a little bit, then it's now what? You know, so we know what happened, but now we need to know what's going to happen. And a coach is going to help you do that. So a lot of times they operate differently. They'll ask different questions. So for me, I'll, I'll ask, so what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What type of life do you foresee having? And you start to speak life into people and future and hope. Doing with faith, I believe that we've been made in God's image, that we're his children, that he has a plan for us. And so no matter what we go through, there's still a future and there's still a hope and there's still help, uh, not only from God, but through people like counselors and coaches. And so I think everybody needs a counselor to help you untangle the past and everybody needs a coach to help you go forward. And I think everybody needs a confidant, a real close friend to support and everyone needs a community. And then if you're a faith person, uh, a church, a place to belong, if you have that holistic kind of a team working for you, you can make it through anything. And yeah, it's tough. I know that there's so many tough things that happen in our lives. And I personally can't speak to being a widow. I've never been one. And I sympathize and empathize and think that it sounds horrendous. And it is. Coaches have also gone through troubles and trials and can help just, just like a pastor as well. So the idea is, is a coach can help you to see a new future. And I think it's really important when maybe the last 30, 40, 50 years was a certain way of life, and that's been all uprooted and 
now maybe start to look at the future in a new way of life. I don't know if that helps at all. That certainly did help. That was a wonderful explanation about the difference of going to a grief counselor. And then also looking toward the future, because the future can be very scary. And when you've been with someone for a long time, like most spouses and are in most marriages, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're alone. Right. Yeah. And first of all, besides the grief process, it's also frightening. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do without him or without her? You can guide that. A, a life coach could actually guide that. And you're making this very insightful because I actually didn't know what a life coach could do for a person. So if you'd like to, you know, continue on and tell us some more things about a life coach, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm really passionate about it because I've seen results. I've seen people really have a new outlook on life. A lot of times I think that we, as people, we we like consistency. We like patterns in our lives. We like that day in and day outs, you know, we, we eat the same foods and we take the same roads to work and, you know, watch the same shows maybe with our spouse or whatever. And you're absolutely right. When that is uprooted or disrupted and, and, and comes to an end, it can be terrifying. Although I've never lost a spouse to death, I've been through a divorce and I'm not saying it's the same thing, but there is trauma. There is fear. There is apprehension. There is now what? There is identity. So I think uh, I know that a life coach can help you with identity. So when I think about somebody who's lost a spouse, their identity was uh, partially a husband or a wife, you know, and and a mother or a father, and and you have all these identities. And those are all good, God-given, and they're blessings. But now there's a possibility and an opportunity to look and see an identity that's even beyond that as an individual. That's really important. So if you're 50, 60, 70 years old and you've had 30 years in maybe one identity, this is an opportunity. That's the reason why I feel it's really important to work through the grieving process before you do the coaching because you're going to now be wanting to look to the future. You might not be ready for it and we help you to do that. We help you, even if it's a small glimmer of hope, that's a that's success for us. Um, I've worked with people who felt completely lost, very isolated, very lonely, and had no idea what to do next. And that's, that's where a coach thrives. We can help you untangle the past, maybe some limiting beliefs. Um, I think in, in, and I work with people every day who are older. Um, I also work for a, a tech company. And I see people who are terrified. I have people come in who just lost a spouse and they're completely confused and fearful and things. And I'll coach them in in this tech industry. How do we take care of your accounts? What can we do next? Who can I connect you with to get help in that regard? And so a coach can help connect you with other people. A coach can give you ideas that you can't see because right now all you see is the pain or You've only seen one way of life for so long that a coach can help you to see that there could be other things for you. I was thinking earlier today, if I was working with a widow or a widower, I would actually want to go back to prior to the marriage with the person. What were the things you loved to do? What were the things that got you fired up? 
What were the passions that you had, the hobbies that you had, the things that gave you great joy before you were married? And I understand there's 30, 40 years of marriage, but there's also things the individual has that is separate from the union of marriage. So we would look at those things and start to look at identity. Who are you? What do you like? What do you dislike? What are some things that maybe you wished you could have done differently in the last 30 years? What are some things you wished you had done that you never had the chance to do? With a coach, we ask a lot of questions to help you figure out those answers. It's not that we give you answers. It's that we help you find them within yourself by listening. And so in a, in a coaching session, I will listen intently for words, for inflections in the voice, for passions that come out, for um, I've worked with clients before who had a sentence that they said five times in the last seven minutes. And I'd bring that back to them and say, hey, what is, what is this all about? You've, you've mentioned whatever it was that they had said. And they go, wow, I didn't even realize I was saying that. And so a coach is really trying to listen. If you looked at sports, coaches are hired on to watch how the baseball player swings the bat to hit the ball, watches how they run, watches how they catch. Well, life coaches do the same thing. How do you communicate? How are you processing information? How do you plan? It could be that somebody who just lost someone and went through a time of depression can't even figure out how to get out of bed, you know, just to get the day going because of you know, the sadness, the depression or whatever. A life coach would help you with uh, figuring out what your next step is, what your desired future is, and then starting to give you some action steps, helping you to decide what you want to do next. Maybe it's start a new relationship. Okay. It's a 21st century world. It's a different world. It's way different than it was even 20, 30 years ago. So a, a coach could help you figure out how to make some connections with the new technologies or whatever. So there's so many things a coach could do, but ultimately keep in mind, it's to help you grow forward and figure out your identity and what you want to do and then help you get there. Well, you've brought up some very interesting points. You're right. After a spouse dies, there is the identity issue because you were a couple. Mm -hmm. And now you are an individual. I liked what you said about helping people to move forward because it's so confusing. Mm -hmm. You were part of a partnership, a couple, and now you are alone. So after the very bad and sad grieving period, mm -hmm. and we both know that that's different for everyone. Absolutely. The confusion of where do you go? And how do you move forward at all, I think can be very debilitating. Mm -hmm. So could you talk a little bit about that? About I, I liked what you said about it's confusing. And can you give us some more information and insight on how you could help someone? For sure. I think that what I've seen anyway is that a lot of us overthink when we're depressed or sad. And a lot of us may want to try to either do too much or too little. And a lot of times, if we don't have somebody to help us discern next steps, put together a plan to get to another destination, it could be a small destination. So a life coach may help you, you know, like what you're doing here, start a podcast and do something brand new with your life or, you know, might help you to, uh, like I've done that. I had a success coach, life coach after a divorce. And I can remember a time, so I'm going to speak a little from personal experience because I don't have 
the experience of losing a spouse to death, but I lost a job, family, community, and wife all pretty quickly. And so I can remember sitting alone uh, day in and day out a lot, feeling pain and sorrow and that kind of, it's almost... sorrow and depression come on you like waves. And so you might do okay for five minutes and then there's a wave that comes over you. And so I found myself in that pattern. And I remember just actually crying out to God sitting at a a lake, so depressed and so sad and not understanding what I should do next. And I couldn't think clearly. There's no way I could think clearly with all that sorrow. And a friend of mine, who's also a coach called me, I'm so grateful for the timing too. You never know the the blessings of calling somebody if they come to your mind. And he called me and it was perfect timing. I was so down. And he started to talk with me and encourage me. And then he asked questions. So what are you thinking? You know, what are you hoping for? You know, and and what do you want to do next? And it was interesting. I wasn't thinking of next. I was thinking of now. And I think in grief and in trauma, that's all we're thinking. We're thinking of the past and we're thinking of the present. We're thinking of what was. We're trying to hold on to something that's that's gone. And I know that that's really tough. So it comes to a point where we have to choose, okay, what can we embrace from the past? Where are we right now? And maybe we can create one step for you, something that we can change about your pattern in your thinking or pattern in your disciplines in the day or whatever, just to break that a little bit and get you moving in a new direction. Because it does sometimes take another person who's really in tune to what you're doing, who gets to know you and hear your stories and hear the things that you're telling yourself and hear this. There's, there's a lot of times we repeat things over and over and over again we're in, when we're in grief. There's nothing wrong with it, but it can actually get us stuck at that time and that point in time for a long time. There's no time frame to grief. Uh, Anybody who tells you so is really not thinking straight. It could take a long time. It could take a short time. But the idea of a coach is I'm going to walk you through this, help you to make some new decisions and changes. And it's almost, I've had coaches before who I've worked with who have almost, it's almost like a cold glass of water in the face. And it's not harmful, it's helpful, but it gets your attention to think, wait, we need to think of what's next, at least one step to get you out of bed, to get you to wake up tomorrow, maybe to get you back to your garden or get you out to the girls group or the guys group or or something, but we need to get you moving a little bit. And so if somebody wants to move forward, a coach is the one to do that. I like that. And you are right. You do need someone. And a lot of times it helps when the someone is not a friend. It it helps that they have a completely objective view about you and can see things that friends and family might not be able to see. Absolutely. That is a huge point. I was thinking of family influence today in preparations for this conversation. And I've seen it over and over again, where children or friends start to weigh in on how a person should live their lives, how you should grieve, when you should grieve, how long it should take. Some would say, you know, keep keep grieving forever. Others would say, get over it. You know, people can be callous. People can be insensitive. People can be selfish. And that can really cause further confusion. There's heartstrings involved in this. I want, you know, say it's it's an older person. Well, I, I want to please my children. I don't want to disappoint them, or you know, my spouse's brother, or whatever. You, you can you can see all of these influences will start to weigh in on what you should do, 
And because you have a vested interest in those relationships, that's a pretty heavy pressure. But if you're working with a coach who cares about you and is also employed by you to listen to you, to help you, to figure out what you want to do, that's super huge. It may even be that you hire a coach just to help you have the conversations with the people you need to have to tell them you're not going to do the thing they want you to do. I mean, there's so much that a coach can help you to do. Maybe you're afraid to make a phone call that needs to be made or to make a decision that needs to be made. Coaches definitely work with fear. So all of us have desires. We have things we want to do. And so maybe a widow or widower wants to sell the home they've lived in for 40 years and they're terrified. What's going to happen? How are my kids going to take this? What if they start fighting over money? What if they want to disown me? What if they want to pressure me to stay and I don't want to stay? So you have all this going on. You can't talk to them about it. They all have opinion. But at the end of the day, a person needs to make the choices that are best for them that'll help them grow forward. I love using the term helping you grow forward. They'll help you grow forward and make decisions that maybe are not the decisions those around you want you to make, but they're the best decision for you because that's what's inside of you. So a coach can help you to do that. A coach could help you even what a coach do, does too is helps you with accountability a little bit too. So if I was talking to someone and for example, one of my clients was a, was a dad and he was having some issues with his son who's really an ADHD kid. And he really wanted to do prayer time and, you know, kind of talk time at the table. And the kid can't sit still for 30 seconds. My client was really feeling grieved and pressured because that's what his dad did. And that's what his dad's dad did. And this is how you're supposed to raise your kid. And as we talked, I, I started to ask questions like, well, who says so? And how, how do we know that's true? And he started saying, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that is, you know. And ultimately, we figured out how he could use the gifts and skills the dad has to take the energy the kid has to do fun stuff. So instead of making the kid sit at a table and go through this prayer thing, like his dad made him. And it was funny. I asked him, did you like that when your dad did that? He goes, no, I hated it. I said, then why would you do it? So you have questions like that you'd ask. You bring things to the surface. And I said, dude, you're a really creative guy. You're a teacher and educator. You're awesome creative classes that you teach, but you're trying to do something that doesn't fit your kid. How would you do it You know, if you told me to do it with a kid like that? Would, could you do it differently? By the end of the conversation, he realized that he could take his kid out to the backyard and walk him around the yard and pretend like they were walking around the walls of Jericho, teaching him a Bible study instead of forcing him to sit down and, and learn. That he could throw a rock against the tree and pretend he was killing Goliath. You know, and he was so overjoyed that there was another opportunity, another possibility that there's not really only one way or right way to do things. So, in any coaching, whether it's a widow, widower, or whatever, we're all dealing with fear. We're all dealing with fixed mindsets. We're all thinking that there's only one way, and a lot of times we feel stuck. So we'd help to do that, help you figure out another way to try things in some new ways. Jay, that was absolutely excellent explanation. I really appreciate it. And before we close our podcast today, could you tell us a little bit about the structure of meeting with a coach? For example, if you were going to a grief counselor or a psychologist to help you with issues, the sessions are usually 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
And how does a life coach present their sessions? That's part of the question. And then also, could you give us an idea of the range of, of how you would pay what life coaches make per hour or however it's set up? Sure. So sessions it, nowadays with COVID and everything, it's, it's actually pretty awesome that you can work with people anywhere. I think a lot of people resisted that. Oh no, the world is changing. Well, it is, it is. It's challenging, but some of those changes are for the better. We don't have to be in a set place at a set time, which gives a lot more flexibility for the client to meet when they can and when the coach. The format is, for me, it's been a lot of almost what a counselor would do, but with a whole different criteria. So the first session would be a discovery session and it would generally be an hour long phone call or a Zoom call like on the computer, a Google call or whatever. And it's a get to know you. And really quickly, you want to find out why the person is calling you. So it's not a general thing as much as a specific thing. Well, I need to figure out how to do my finances now that I'm in charge of it. And I never did this before or whatever it might be. I want to date. I don't know how I'm scared and nobody wants me to do it. Okay. So you have a, you have an end goal. I'm going to help you do that. So normally the first call would be a discovery call. The coach would listen to what you want, listen to the things that you feel that you can't do, try to figure out if you have any habits or hangups or anything like that, listen for cue words and get to know you, get to, to know if, if you, know, you feel that you can help this client and the client feels that I'm the one to help. So it's usually about an hour long call or video chat or it can be in person too, depending on circumstances. Then you just decide what's next. So if the client wants to keep going, it can be, it's what's cool about coaching is it can be a one-time thing or it can be three months. It can be a year. It depends on the client's needs. It depends on the goals. So a lot of it's going to be structured to what the client needs. And a good coach is going to figure out how to do that for the client and what they need. A good coach is also going to let you go once you've accomplished it. Whereas a lot of times a counselor may keep you on for a year, two years. Um, like for me, a success coach is, okay, we wanted to get you out on the dating field again. We've worked on that for the last three months and you've had successful dates. Awesome. You don't need to pay me anymore. You don't need to keep coming. You've, you've got what you needed. So that's kind of how that rolls. Uh, some coaches will have a program. So they might ask you to sign on for three months. And in that program, you might go through things like how to define your or decide your identity. Who are you? What are your likes? What, is, what are some of your gift sets? What are your personality traits and things like that? They might have you do little tests and things. For sure, a coach is going to have you do stuff. So the counselor may help you to um, stabilize, but the coach is going to mobilize. You're going to have things to do, maybe a video to watch, a book to read. Um, I've had clients write down top 10 lists. I've had them write down their thoughts on specific things for the next week's session. So it's interactive. Um, I do want to mention this too. The good thing about having a coach or a counselor is that you have something to look forward to. And when I was going through the greatest time of grief in my life, knowing that I had a phone call in three days carried me through those three days. That's kind of how that goes now price-wise. It really depends. There are coaches who will charge, you know, 40, 50 bucks an hour. There are coaches in the business world who will charge $50,000 for, you know, an hour. It just depends on what you're doing. Now, for our circumstance, our, 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 for us around here, your average is probably going to be about 50 to 100 an hour. 
counselors are generally 80 to about 150 an hour. And I don't know the differences, and maybe it's because of medical, you know, insurances or something like that. It's about what it is. I personally do at this stage, I'm doing, um, if you're with me every week, it's 50 an hour. If you're with me every other week, it's 65. And if you just need a one-time call at 75, I try to keep it low because I want to help as many people as I can and keep it affordable. Well, thank you. And Jay, one more thing. If someone would like to connect with you, uh, how would they do that? Yeah, that sounds great. So I have a website you can go to. It's jjuliancoaching.com, jjuliancoaching.com. And on the form, it just says right away, you can connect here and um, actually book a discovery class and it will go right to me. It's an email. And just uh, say hello. There's a phone number on there too. You can call, leave a message, and then we get talking. We set a time and discover whether I'm the person to help you or not. Jay, thank you so much. I have to say this was so informative because I wasn't really for sure uh, about what a life coach could help you with. And I can see that there might be great help in searching out a life coach for you. So once again, we want to thank you for being on Modern Widow Podcast. I want to thank you. I appreciate you letting me be on here. It was great meeting you when we first met at, uh, at my workplace, working with your phones, and I knew you were starting this podcast. I want to say I'm super proud of you. You don't meet people very often who say, I want to do something, and then a year later, they're actually doing it. So I applaud you. This is really good. I listened to a couple of your podcasts uh, this week, and they're just fantastic and super helpful. You're doing a great job. And thanks for letting me share the differences as well, because life coaching is a newer field and people don't understand it. There's a lot of value in it and I hope people will take advantage of it. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on our show. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Once again, we want to thank our executive producer for her continued expert advice and critiques of our podcast. Many thanks to Park North Studios for mixing our audio. And a very special thanks to our guest, Jay Julian, for making this episode so special. Of course, we can't say enough to you, our listeners, and thank you for always tuning in and listening to our podcast. If you would like to write a comment, our email is modern.widow.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, modern.widow.podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our podcast on the following apps, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Google Podcast. I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. And we wanted to give you a heads up for next week's episode. It's going to be called Cooking for One. And we have a very special guest who she is a chef and a nutritionist. And she actually comes to us from Turkey. So until next time, remember, the road ahead will always be under construction. So watch out for the potholes. See ya. Bye-bye. Rose and flows of angel hair And ice cream castles in the and feather canyons everywhere I've looked at clouds that way But now they only block the sun They rain and snow on everyone So many things I would have done The clouds got in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now 
Ah 